Coming up on Podcast 1634, Tesla cuts prices in China for the first time in a long time and brings back increased referral programs as well. Stick around, I'll tell you more. Also on the show, the new Opel slash Vauxhall Grandland GSE. Honda's EVs may be getting cheaper in the US and Hyundai break ground on a new site. Those stories and a lot more coming up on the show today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to EV News Daily. We are your trusted source of EV information. It's Tuesday 25th of October. My name is Martin Lee and I go through every EV story so you don't have to. Well, the podcast this month is sponsored by And Charge, and they're new to the UK. Grab the app from the App Store. Uh, there's a high-level reward on Ionity Chargers, their first partner network in the UK. Uh, now, they're very popular in Europe. Lots of people in Europe have the And Charge app. It's now coming here. All you have to do is answer some quick questions about the charge locations you go to so that the charge operators uh, can get a steer on their latest condition, what's working, what's not working, the condition of the charger, things like that. And the And Charge app rewards you for doing that work for them. Them. Uh, you can get 10 kilometers per station. 60 kilometers can be redeemed for uh, £5 in Amazon credits. And if you'd like to use uh, some credit on the Octopus Electric Universe network as well, you can now get that on the And Charge app. So download it from the App Store right now. Search And Charge and start completing those challenges. We'll start with an amazing bit of news. A huge piece of news for anyone that's driven one of the new VW MEB platform cars. You know the steering wheel with the capacitive swipe button things, the bone of my life. Like the cars are amazing. The engineering is brilliant. And yet for some reason, they took what is arguably the greatest steering wheel ever the evolution led us to, which I would argue is the Mark 8 Golf. So before they screwed up the Golf by putting those capacitive buttons in the Golf, when the Mark 8 Golf had clicky buttons, they actually ruined it by doing those shiny, capacitive, roll-your-finger-over interfaces, which, did they never think that when you're driving a car and your eyes are on the road, the amount of time that I feel my way around the steering wheel, so if I want to volume up, volume down, uh, cruise control... Resume, cruise control set. Anything that you do on a steering wheel with clicky buttons, your, your thumb hits it, it goes click, click, sometimes quite nicely if it's a premium car, and it's like, it's feedback, it's happened. With the VW ID 3, 4, 5, any of the MEB cars, these stupid, stupid steering wheels, I find myself looking down to see, like, where is my thumb hovering over? Is it over the right bit of the button? Have I actually pressed it? Have I pressed it by accident when I'm turning the wheel and hit it with the palm of my hand? And the same goes for the volume as well and the and the, the temperature. Like, swipe your finger along and it'll go up or down. No, just give me a knob. Just give me a volume knob. And, and also, let me push the volume knob to turn it off in a hurry. It's like, for German engineering, it is a massive screw-up. Well... VW has a new CEO, and he's done a LinkedIn post to say, yeah, those steering wheel controls, we think we screwed up as well. It's going to be a mid-cycle refresh of the platform. And he says, and I quote, we are sharpening our profile and our design, plus creating a new simplicity in our operation of vehicles. We are bringing back the push-button steering wheel. That's what customers want from VW. You're not kidding, my friends. It's... I would love to know how this got through the design process. VW, clearly a group, a company, a brand, all the brands under the umbrella, with good people working for them. Tens of thousands of hours would have gone into that steering wheel, and at no point did anyone go, this is terrible. Or, 
And this is what what fascinates me. I love reading books about company culture. I love reading books about performance and all these kind of things. Did lots of people say, this is terrible? And a bit like Dieselgate, nobody said, we shouldn't do this. And that's my question to VW and any big organization. I remember there's a really famous example that I know of firsthand where uh, a a radio station in this country, you know, back in the days of local radio doing stunts, ooh, shudder uh but uh, when i in my local radio days uh and uh and, and honestly national radio was no better uh but uh but in my local radio days the, the radio station was going to get its listeners to sit on blocks of ice for as long as they could as, as you know it's like keeping your hands on the car all that kind of thing uh and to win a prize and somebody ordered dry ice which is a lot colder and burns you. And nobody in the organization, from the person placing the order or anywhere, because of the company culture, uh, I believe, stopped and went, uh, no, you're wrong, and said to senior management, you are wrong. You don't, don't order dry ice, order ice. Um, and people were like, well, it's not my place to say anything. Or, or, but for whatever, I don't know what happened. I don't know the people involved in that case, but it led to listeners you know, doing the challenge, getting burned, it went to court, and it was horrible. And and it could have been avoided if people had spoken up. You could say the same for Dieselgate. Could have been avoided if somebody had spoken up and said, look, I, I know what you're doing here, which is to reduce emissions during testing, but it's wrong, and we shouldn't be doing it. Now, that person probably has a mortgage to pay and bills to pay, and maybe the person do it, you know, ultimately signing off the steering wheel has bills and a pension. And they don't want to say to someone higher up, this is a terrible steering wheel, but I'm really pleased that VW have done a big old U-turn. Big story today. I love that. I love it. Thank you very much, VW. Just give us buttons back. Thank you. Now, let's talk about the new Vauxhall Grandland GSE. Hot on the heels of its Astra and the Sports Tourer Astra GSE. They're the hot versions of the plug-in hybrids. They're now launching Vauxhall slash Opel, the Grandland GSE. Also a plug-in hybrid, but with more performance, says Auto Express magazine. While the Grandland GSE has the same 1.6-litre engine as uh, before, the battery pack is, I think, being upgraded, the same as the Astra, 12.4 kilowatt hours. Uh, You've got a pair of electric motors, decent all-electric mileage on that, but also decent performance, almost 300 horsepower and at a 6 seconds 0 to 60. So uh, in electric mode, it'll go to 84 miles an hour. So it's useful. It's not just one of these sort of token electric modes. It's a useful electric mode. And I'm looking forward to finding out more details about that. Details about that. The GSE brand, they add um, uh, some different damping on it as well and uh, the adjusts to the road surface. So we'll wait and see if that is a successful little sub-brand bringing back, bringing back GSE, I should say. Now, the Chevy Silverado EV got more powerful yesterday. You remember I told you about the GMC Sierra Denali, built on the Silverado, same engineering, had more power. Everyone's scratching their heads. Well, I wonder what happened there. I wonder if the press release went out from GMC and that left the Silverado team going, hang on a minute, we were trying to sandbag a little bit because straight after that, the Silverado team came out and went, oh, no, 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 it is going to have, the Silverado EV truck will have the same power as the GMC Sierra. So maybe they just, uh, what's the phrase? Shot their load a bit early on that one. Uh, and so the dual motor powertrain 
identical on both vehicles. The Silverado goes up from 664 horsepower to 754. I do have a quote here from Silverado, a bit of damage limitation uh, from uh, from the team there. It says, as we prepare for the production of Silverado EV, our engineering team has further refined the performance specs of the Chevrolet Silverado EV. Uh, GM estimates horsepower to be 754. In other words, same as the Sierra. We knew that. You told us yesterday. Uh, by also not telling us. Uh, right, let's talk about Tesla cutting prices in China. Headline story today, they've cut prices of the 3 and the Y by as much as 9%. It's a significant price cut in China, and it reverses the trend of what was happening recently in the industry and certainly in Tesla, which was to increase prices not only in Europe and the US, but China as well. There was a time last year when China prices were being reduced and the rest of the world was going up, but then China followed suit, and then their prices went up. The new price cuts are posted now online if you go to buy a new listing on Tesla's website as of yesterday, by the way. Uh, the first by Tesla in China all year. There has been some incentives. Tesla's been offering some insurance to the buyers of their new cars. Elon Musk telling the earnings call last week that demand is strong and that he thinks Tesla is recession resilient. That was the quote he used. Data yesterday from China uh, showed retail sales growing 2.5% in September, down from the expected 3.3%, and August's 5.4%. So things are slowing in China, and Tesla have a little bit of wiggle room on pricing. Very, very high automotive margins, um, around 30%. Possibly more, actually, because uh, that's, com- that's the figure they give uh, for the company. So possibly more in China. Starting price of the Model 3 uh, reduced to an equivalent of 36,000 US dollars. Model Y starting equivalent uh, of, uh, I haven't got my, my calculation done here, it's 300 and, uh, 288 yuan. So I'll, I'll find that, find out the number on that. Uh, let's talk about Tesla reinstating the referral program in China. Uh, the second part of our headline today Tesla owners and soon-to-be owners, can earn now rewards. Now, you can't exactly get yourself a free roadster. Uh, those days are certainly gone. But if you refer a friend to buy a Tesla, uh, Tesla's official WeChat account telling us that after earning points rewards, you can trade them in for uh, gifts like a Tesla mic, a kid's walker, or a supercharger credit. Tesla owners who buy another Tesla vehicle can earn points and exchange them for gifts as well. If you refer five people, uh, you can go into the draw to win the quarterly prize, which even then is not very good. Uh, It's a Giga Texas belt buckle or a Model S stroller. I mean, it's just tat, really, isn't it? It's, It's, I mean... Some people want tat and points and things like that. My wife's got a a purse full of rewards, points, cards for every shop we go into. I don't have a single one of those because it's just like whatever they reward you with, you're like, oh, tat, it's like, you know, 10 pence off here and all that or some sort of free gift you don't want. Uh, But either way, Tesla are bringing it back. And as people point out, Tesla fans point it out, uh, you know, a lot. Tesla have these levers they can pull. If they see demand going down, because they've got a big capacity now at Shanghai, you don't want unused capacity in your factory. Tesla can do things with pricing because they've got the margin there and they can bring things back. Like they could make those rewards better than a a belt buckle if you refer five people. Look, if I refer five people to buy a Tesla, (laughs) I want more than a belt. Thanks. So, you know, I'm sure the days of winning a car are not coming back, but still they could go further with that coming up on the podcast soon we'll talk about hyundai breaking ground at their new mega site is what they're calling it and toyota may be doing an ev reboot yeah let's see it when we uh, believe when we see it rather Uh, those stories are on the way stick around now let's talk a little bit about why honda's evs may be good for the tax credit in the US, their first EVs coming in the form of the Honda Prologue and the Acura ZDX. 
but they're going to be made by General Motors. They're in a partnership with GM using Ultium batteries, Ultium drive system. They are, in effect, GM cars, but with a Honda badge on. And Honda do the styling, and I'm sure the interior software and the operating system as well. Coming to the market in 2024, they'll have a big advantage, you see, because they'll be made in North America. So because GM are going to be making them, they may well qualify for the vehicle tax credit if the Ultium, which is the partnership with LG uh, batteries, do indeed qualify as well. So GM do the heavy lifting. I'm sure Honda pay a handsome price for that. But Honda could well uh, get a tax credit on their vehicles. That'd be very good news for Honda and Acura fans. Automotive news, betting that the cars will be made at GM's Tennessee plant at Spring Hill. Uh, Currently builds only the Cadillac Lyric. So they've got some room there to build, according to Jalopnik. Now, Hyundai are breaking ground at the Bryan County Mega site. That's what they're calling it. Uh, The $5.5 billion investment for the facility by the company and its suppliers announced back in May, and they broke ground in a big ceremony uh, earlier today. The HMGMA. Oh, yes, let me explain. Hyundai Motor Group mega site of America, the HMGMA, there you go, uh, will create 8,100 jobs over the next few years as the company establishes a stable supply chain for the EV battery and associated components business for the US market, writes all on Georgia.com. The HMGMA's new smart factory begins commercial production at the very beginning of 2025. They chose the area because uh, of the connections to the port by rail and highway where Hyundai can easily uh, export vehicles to the global markets. Now, Hyundai also having some issues uh, by the look of this article from Autoblog with dealers. And in terms of how many EVs they get to sell, I'm not surprised because, look, everybody wants an EV right now. Demand is off the charts. Now, annual franchise fees, mandatory spending on marketing. I've got a friend who runs a franchise dealer, not for Hyundai, a different company, um, was telling me that they even specify the kind of light bulbs that he has to use, uh, you know, of a certain you know, the the colour, brightness and shade. And And I'm not surprised, because if I was Hyundai and I had a franchise dealer, I wouldn't want some dark, dingy showroom. You know, I want to know that there's X many lights per square foot and it's this many, you know, brightness. And and so... Uh, and so there's lots of costs to being a franchise dealer, lots of business costs, and obviously getting ready for EV is going to be massively expensive for the dealers, but Hyundai is being sued by one particular dealer for not getting enough inventory. Uh, the store's owner said they didn't want to re- invest hundreds of thousands of dollars in the upgrade program, and he says then Hyundai then cut him out of supplying enough electric vehicles. Automakers, all they all they have really with franchise dealers is control over the allocations, the number of vehicles that the dealers get. And uh, this particular one says that uh, they were being uh, discriminatory and not ge- giving him enough vehicles. But, I, you know, that's obviously a legal case now. I won't comment on that. Uh, but what I would say is that EV demand is off the charts, and so we don't know what's happened in this particular case, but I'm sure lots of dealers would like all of the EVs they could get, because they could sell all of them, probably a bit above sticker price as well. Uh, Let's move on. Toyota is scrambling for an EV reboot, and uh, this Reuters article has been floating around for about 24 hours, I think. Um, I had it forwarded to me, as you can imagine, many, many times. Now, look... I will take it for what it is at face value, a report on Reuters. Do I think that Toyota have had the ultimate mea culpa and said, we got it wrong and we're going to fix it? No, I think that's uh, ingrained in company culture. But this Reuters report says Toyota is considering a reboot of their EV strategy to compete in a booming market that they haven't yet entered. And they've halted work on their existing EV projects. Four people with knowledge of the matter said... 
Proposals under review uh, would require a dramatic shift from Toyota to rewrite their $38 billion rollout plan of electric vehicles that they announced last year. Toyota has currently suspended work on the 30 EV projects announced last December while they decide the best way forward. The revamp under consideration could slow the rollout of EVs initially, but it would make them fit for the future. They're considering a successor to the platform, the ETNGA platform, unveiled two year, three years ago. And that was designed to cut down costs because it was designed that you could make a car on the same production manufacturing process as combustion cars and electrified cars as well. The review triggered in part by the realisation of senior management at Toyota that they are losing out to other car companies that have gone down the route of making pure EVs on dedicated platforms, Tesla and VW's MEB platform. They always said it was profitable from day one. They were later to the market than they wanted, but it's a pure EV. It's not a compromised car. Uh, The ETNGA platform always designed to be made on the same assembly line as gasoline cars. And that recognition within Toyota that, oh, hang on, we might have got this wrong, um, shows that the likes of Tesla have set new benchmarks and they might need to change at Toyota. But I still think, like, you know, this for me, people thought I was going to put this as a headline story, do a special on it, say, hi, I was right. And, you know, I've laid into Toyota more than most over the years. I'm not going to say that because I've got absolutely no proof that they're ever going to change. You know, they spend a fortune on lobbying, particularly in the U.S., against things that I think would take us towards a clean, green future. They invest a huge amount in lobbying and in running attack ads, things like We Choose Not to Plug In, those adverts that were running of, of you know hybrid cars driving through the desert and a, a guy standing next to his broken down, or his, not his broken down, but his EV, you know, waiting for it to charge. They spend so much money on telling people EVs are bad. When they stop doing that, then I'll believe they've had a change of heart. I, I, I don't wish Toyota harm, of course. People assume I do. I don't. I just, I call them out more than most because their EV strategy is particularly lacking, isn't it? Look, if you want to build EVs, it's fine. What I hate about them is they attack people who do make a choice, which you and I, I'm guessing you do as well, but uh, they attack me personally for a choice that I've made, and I don't like that about an individual or a company. I think that says a lot about company culture, that they'd rather tear somebody else down than build themselves up. Moving on, Magna, uh, investing $500 million in expanding their EV facilities and bringing jobs to Michigan. The contract manufacturer, uh, Magna, one of the the biggest, if not the biggest in the world in certain uh, parts of the automotive industry, investing $500 million for two new facilities to do manufacturing in Michigan, the new and expanded facilities developing components for electric vehicles and creating 1,500 jobs. Its current facility in St. Clair, Michigan, is where they make their EV battery enclosures for the Hummer EV, according to an announcement today that allocating the money to expand the current site and build two additional facilities and that's your show for today uh, thanks to our premium partners of the podcast phil roberts of electric future brad crosby porsche of the village in cincinnati audi of cincinnati east volvo cars of cincinnati east national car charging on the u.s mainland and aloha charge in hawaii Derek riley's ev review island youtube channel make sure you're subscribed richard at rsev.co.uk for buying and selling EVs in the UK, very few people, if anyone, 
knows more about electric vehicles than Richard. Octopus Electric Universe. It's global public charging made simple with one app, one map, and now integrated into the And Charge app. And millbrookcottages.co.uk. Five-star luxury cottages in Devon. Go see Bob and the family and treat yourself to an amazing break. Have a good one, see you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.